Hello, everyone. Welcome to Living Beyond Limits with Ian Robertson. In this podcast series, I want to start to think about a little bit more expanding the conversation of trauma uh, and starting to look at trauma, not just from the perspective of the neurobiological, which we've covered off, and the connection between how trauma intersects with addictions and mental health and other parts of, of our lives. I thought I'd start to look at trauma also from the perspective, how do we move beyond the wounds and the imprints of trauma that has significantly impacted our mind, our emotions, physiologically, and even deep down spiritually. Learning to become uh, or live a life that is beyond our trauma is a goal for many of our clients and many of the people I work with. But at the same time, not being able to know how to be defined, how to be able to live beyond what has happened to them and what's been done to them by others and situations in their lives. It's led to many feeling that they are imperfect, that they they struggle with scars and they come to define themselves by their scars from the wounds of traumatic experiences. The ability to have compassion and kindness to the self and even beyond the messages that are, that people tell themselves about themselves as a result of what was done to them, layered in shame and many painful, painful thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Being able to move beyond this and change this and, and start to focus on potential growth beyond this is extremely hard, especially when you've only lived one your life um, in, in only one direction, and that's the re-triggering the memories, the emotions, what it feels like in your body, and an, and an overall fight-or-flight response. When this has been the core of your existence, beginning to think about how do I address these fears and insecurities and shame and things that, that now have laden the human condition as a result of the, of the events becomes really daunting and overwhelming. At the same time, it's really important for us to understand that trauma recovery and post-traumatic growth can't just occur through just one, one aspect of thinking. It takes a lot of courage to kind of walk into the path in the direction of post-traumatic growth and starting to think about the resiliency and what's required to, to live beyond your trauma. A hero's journey is not a path that one walks kind of alone. Many people have said that it takes a village to raise a child. Likewise, in trauma, it takes a village to navigate trauma recovery, especially when the trauma began for many of many people in their early childhood and developmental stages. And so this journey is a personal journey, and it's meant for all of us to start to live life and find meaning and purpose in a way that can be a new found purpose and a new found meaning uh, so that we can experience life in, in a different, in a, in, a, in a kind of a newer and healthy and more freeing way. This is a poem that was, I found from Ariel Schwartz, who's a PhD. She wrote this poem. It's called into the light, into the light. I thought my work in the world was to carry the wound. Now I understand to honor you is to release you.
I released the dark shadows of our collective past, the pain, the fear, the loss, the insecurity, the lack of trust in humanity and in this world. Now I understand that to honor you is to release myself. All my ancestors, my grandmothers, grandfathers, all you have ever wanted is for me to become whole. You never wanted me to live inside the fear, to remain hidden, to stay small. You have offered me this life. Now it is, it is my turn to step into the light. But sometimes I'm afraid, brought to my knees, swirling in between. The comfort of the constricting yet recognizable past and the unceasing and uneasing of the unpredictable future. How then do I choose freedom? Oh, great unknown. You are my source of wisdom. I bow to you. You are here to help me grow, to learn how to trust this moment, to sit at your feet as a child of the world with a soft smile and an open heart. It is my turn to step into the light. An amazing poem that really starts to capture the experiences of leaning in and fear, leading into your fears and leading into the things that keep you stuck, the things of your past that you are held bound to, that are bound your, your way of living, your way of existing. And so when we start to think about leaning into the light, where do we begin? How do we start to make this change happen? First of all, the change starts with you. And so when we explore all the things going forward, I'm going to provide you with all the different opportunities you have to start to explore your own post-traumatic growth. And first of all, each and every one of you must start where you're at. Um, everybody is at a different place. None of us are in the same place. And so as we think about in, in Buddhism, the practice of starting where you're at is starting with the beginner's mind, which includes cultivating your attitudes of openness and your willingness to learn, as if each moment is new and fresh. We need to develop a state by slowing down, beginning to focus on the sensory details, maybe of our environments, bringing awareness to our bodies and starting to notice our breath. These are very, very simple starting points. And starting where you are at can become kind of a daily mindfulness practice that builds the beginning points and the foundation of the presence within you. With trauma, many feel numb, many feel detached to their inner self, many feel unsafe. And starting to become aware of the brain and the body connection, and that we start us to, to begin to explore what it's like to live within self, and starting to lean into, as we sit with ourselves, maybe all of the emotional states that come with that fear, aloneness, shame. But then we start to live being present, and starting to be present and noticing things around us, 
We're starting to cultivate a practice maybe of mindfulness that we're noticing moment-to-moment changes in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our physical needs as they occur, as they present themselves. Starting with awareness is the beginning, very, very early beginning stage of post-traumatic growth. With awareness, you may even be more likely to kind of do things like, you know, put down your phone. It might be your ability rather than to distract and distance yourself from the self. Go for a walk. It might be reaching out to a friend or simply just kind of uh, simply focusing, um, being fully present in tasks and activities such as maybe sitting, eating a meal and being fully with all the experiences of food, who you're with, who's sitting with you. I want to focus that mindfulness has been an amazing tool to start to help people learn to live with their minds fully present and live mindfully rather than living their lives through trauma, uh, being mindfully distracted or mindlessly distracted, um, being able to live with a mindfulness without judgment, which when we think of trauma, trauma is all about shame, which is all about judgments and things that we tell ourselves about ourselves as results of feeling responsible or, or, or maybe a failure of something we should have done to make sense of what was done to us. The world starts to become, when we live in judgments, our mindset is very rigid. A rigid mindset um, that is inflexible. It sees the world as black and white. It sees the world as good or bad. It sees the world as right or wrong. And beginning as we go into mindfulness to develop the capacity to start to see the world through a more flexible perspective where we are able to, rather than be rigid and have strong judgments about our inner selves, we start to have more of a flexible way of thinking with compassion, with empathy. And that does actually engage the ventral vagal nerve in our body which slows the heart and the lungs and the nervous system down. Being able to think about and experience things just the way they are at that moment and without, again, attaching interpretations and judgments. Yes, remaining in a non-judgmental stance, it can help you view your strengths and your vulnerabilities with equal acceptance and with the recognition that you are imperfectly and beautifully human. And so the first step of starting the journey of post-traumatic growth is embracing the mindfulness of the moment. I would encourage you, maybe even right now, to take a couple of minutes and to cultivate an attitude of mindful awareness. Maybe you might want to reflect and be curious and non-judgmental about your experiences. What thoughts are you having right now? What are you experiencing? Maybe within your emotions. What sensations are you noticing in your body right now? 
How is your breathing moving through you? Do you feel energized? Do you feel fatigued and tired? Is your mind wandering? Is it moving? Is it shifting? Notice where it takes you. Are you distracted by thoughts of your past or maybe worries of your future? That's okay. If possible, bring your attention back to your breath and to your sensation. There's no right or wrong response to this type of practice. This is just one moment in time. No single moment can be defined totally of you. I want you maybe right now to take a few minutes and write about your observation on the font, you know, um, on a blank piece of paper or um, something nearby. You could be writing it down on if you have a computer. And then every day take a couple of moments. Go through. Again, explore. What thoughts are you having? Are you experiencing any emotions? What sensations are you noticing in your body right now? How's your breath moving through you? Do you feel energized or fatigued? Where's your mind wandering to? Or is it wandering? Notice where it takes you. Are you distracted by thoughts of your past or your future? And then bring yourself back to the breath. Write out each one of these. Hit pause, take a couple of minutes, write it out. And when you're done, come on back. Welcome back. I hope this first part got you connected a little bit so you're more in the present with your thoughts, your emotions, what your mind and your physical state is and what you noticed in maybe in your body, noticing your breath. And now we want to start to understand resiliency because resiliency is a component that's required. And knowing that each and every one of you have resiliency, I want you to know that as much as we talk about trauma, we have to talk about growth and resiliency. You have the ability within you to grow. You have the resiliency to move beyond and enter into a growth, a direction of growth and development. Resiliency is often defined as the ability to, um, to flexibly adapt to challenging, adverse and, uh, events in our lives. It's our ability to kind of bounce back uh, from traumatic events and things that have um, deeply impacted our lives. It allows us to connect into having opportunities to work through the difficult life experiences as growth and wisdom um, can develop in, and we can gain the, the strength and ability to move beyond our, our dark inner state. Resiliency is not a trait that you either have or do not have. Rather, it's a set of strategies. And the key word is how it is a set of strategies that can be learned and practiced. Importantly, resiliency is also about having some uh, optimism. Uh, we know the connection between our thoughts where we have positive thoughts in the midbrain. 
that activates with positive thoughts our ventral vagal state. It activates the parasympathetic and allows us to be calm, regulated, and feel safe. Where we have negative thoughts and negative thoughts about ourselves, that actually activates our sympathetic nervous system. And it causes us to either go into the fight or flight or potentially with negative thoughts, even a dorsal state where we would go into a freeze response. We need to be optimistic and develop optimism. In fact, um, being overly focused on positivity and happiness, um, it can be helpful and it can also begin to move us and shift us. We also need to be aware that it can also be a drawback. Sometimes trying to stay positive can override your authentic feelings, right? And leaving you feeling kind of ashamed about your very about the very symptoms and um, that you've lived through and experienced and require rather than positiveness, it requires us to be compassionate and have caring attention and kindness. Um, so rather, resiliency is grounded in kind of a realistic optimism which involves in maintaining a positive outlook on life while simultaneously acknowledging the challenges that occur along the way. Too much realism can lead to skepticism and negativity, which can kind of squash our dreams and hinder our kind of our abilities to uh, move forward. Similarly, too much optimism can result in kind of fantasy and unrealistic um, unrealistic kind of um, viewpoints or, or beliefs, um, and which can also uh, you know, not support our 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 um, direction of moving forward, but rather uh, can cause, I think, potential barriers um, in our lives. It can also cause us to turn a blind eye to actual situations that we actually do need to start to deal with and and address. In contrast, realistic optimism allows us to have dreams while also setting attainable goals about how we need to achieve them. From here, you're better off to acknowledge any potential barriers that might get in the way without becoming immobilized. And so all of us have potential barriers that get in the way of us moving forward. We need to kind of be able to address this and, and plan for them and identify them. Hopeful or having a hopeful per, um, perspective is kind of invaluable in trauma recovery and realistic Optimism will help us take the necessary steps towards our healing path. And so you can kind of foster resiliency by focusing your attention to that which supports your physical, your mental, and your emotional, and your social, and your spiritual well-being. You can build physical resiliency by getting enough exercise and eating a healthy diet and attending to the impact that tra uh, traumatic life events have had on your body. You can build mental resilience by adopting a mindset that recognizes your capacity to grow and even challenge and, and work through maybe potentially our challenges. You can build the uh, emotional res resiliency too. By processing the traumatic events, maybe you go to therapy or you might work through um, other supports in your life or um, maybe personal journaling. There are ways that we can work through emotional resiliency and processing our traumatic events. 
you can also build social resiliency by staying connected to other people instead of isolating, isolating away and withdrawing. Connection is a significant and important means to trauma recovery. You can also build spiritual resiliency by attending to a deeper sense of your personal meaning and purpose. Most importantly, you have to support your resiliency with the belief that your choices and behaviors make a difference in the outcome of your life. I want to repeat that again. That is super important to know that most importantly that um, your resiliency will be determined with the belief that your choices and your behaviors make, make a difference in the outcome of your life. And this needs to give us confidence that uh, that we're changing and actively creating opportunities that allow us to overcome the barriers in our lives rather than living by barriers. And so resiliency is both a process and an outcome. As a process, resiliency also involves us engaging in behaviors that support um, our well-being each and every day. For example, we may go to see a therapist. We may learn to meditate. Maybe we may write down uh, in our daily journal. We may take daily walks or exercise, do yoga, different things, or develop a creative practice that kind of works for us. And when we do this, we are learning to turn towards uncomfortable emotions and sensations. We have the opportunity to realize that feeling and expressing painful emotions is part of the path to self-discovery. Being resilient really doesn't mean that we won't experience difficulty. Being resilient means that we will experience difficulty. But rather, it means that we'll also be able to cultivate the skills needed to respond effectively to our difficult experiences. We'll learn to break down overwhelming experiences into smaller, more accessible chunks, which allows you, which allows us to kind of gradually process painful events. We'll also learn to attend to difficult life events of our past. And this is important without allowing our history to define us. Too many today are living our lives out we're living our lives through history. We've developed a narrative about our history and who we are. And now our history becomes our total narrative, which paralyzes us to move forward. This way, when we make this shift, we're expanding our lens to focus on possibilities instead of just problems. And the, when we, again, as we think about the outcomes of developing these, these skills, res resiliency also experience, involves experiencing um, uh, the capability of handling difficult, challenging things in our lives. And we make choices that can determine our outcome in a more positive and effective manner. We're able to say this happened to me and it's over now. Turning towards pain builds character. It provides you with the opportunity to realize all of us that we're no longer um, locked into previously held beliefs and that we can now shift and move towards post-traumatic growth. And in kind of concluding, the stronger you feel, you're more likely to see yourself as being able to kind of bring your gifts and your contributions into the world. And in turn, you're probably more likely to accept yourself as you are. 
have an increased appreciation for your life. It also develops new interests, passions, things that make us feel excited about our daily lives. We can discover new spiritual frameworks and things that connect us to uh, a viewpoint beyond us. And then also, we have an inner gain, an inner belief that we have the capacity to rise again, that we can grow, that we can come out of our state, that we can, through addressing our physical, our emotional, our mental, and our spiritual selves, that we can develop resiliency and that we can learn to break down things and that we can, bit by bit, be able to kind of um, restore and solve things that used to be seen as barriers, but no longer seen as barriers, but opportunities. Thank you very much. This is Ian Robertson um, and uh, saying I appreciate so much that you participated and listen to this podcast. I'll, I'll start to look a little bit more on uh, in the next podcast on, on, you know, developing more of the healing stages of resiliency and what we need to pay attention to um, in order to continue this journey going forward in post-traumatic growth. Have a great day. And thanks again for listening to this podcast. Bye-bye.